year what is going on everybody we bike we bike we bike this is your host rob back with another episode of from my experience podcast i hope that all of my wonderful listeners out there have been doing well things have been going well been really really busy got a couple things in the works behind the scenes i got a kick in the pants from jessica what's going on jessica Hello, everyone. Hi, Rob. We How's were, it going? <laughs> it's going good. We were recording the other day, and she gave me a kick in the pants that I needed, and I got a couple things done. Um, so I, I feel really good about that. Um, but how are you doing, Jessica? I am good. Uh, productive. What is it? Monday. Uh, so everything's good. Life is good. I have reset today, so I am ready. I'm excited about this episode. I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> Man, listen, you know, life works funny that way, man. You just never know who you're going to bump into, who you're going to run into. You never know who your friends are going to introduce you to that could change everything for you and just give you a shining moment. And I feel like this is a shining moment for the podcast because of our special, special guest. Uh, I need to give y'all a warning. Those of you who are new listeners, you're going to want to turn the volume down a little bit because I'm going to be laughing a lot. If you've never heard my laugh, <laughs> it's highly, <laughs> it's distinguishable it and is. it's really loud <laughs> and I'm not going to edit it in post-production because I don't feel like it. So <laughs> without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we have... <laughs> We have a very, very special guest. I have to give a shout out to my boy, Nick. Nick, thank you so much. That's my Xbox buddy. He's been on two episodes of the podcast as well. I had to shout him out for putting this together. But um, our special guest, ladies and gentlemen, has worked on the shows Everybody Hates Chris from the CW, The Bernie Mac Show on Fox, and Talk to Me on ABC. He's also been featured on Jamie Foxx's Laugh-A-Palooza, Comedy Central's Premium Blend, Byron Allen's Comics Unleashed, and the classic BET Comic View. And hopefully, we're going to pray, hopefully coming to Netflix soon, he's also working on The Upshaws, and that is starring Mike Epps and Wanda Sykes. Ladies and gentlemen, we have comedian extraordinaire Mike Estime. Yeah. Hashtag the black man done. Thank you. Thank you. I, I feel like I've actually done something. Appreciate y'all. That's You have. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Jessica, for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. I, I want everyone at home, you know, most of our audience is black, and they know everything I just named. Like, I used to be, I was buying the Jamie Foxx Laugh-A-Palooza DVDs and watching that stuff. So that, like, when I was looking over your stuff, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. you... <laughs> You have yeah. achieved some things, man. Those are no small feats, and you're still going. Um, and we appreciate you and the work that you do. You know, life, bringing laughter to the world is highly important, especially now. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. It's, uh, I mean, as hard as it may be, uh, that is the way uh, I keep myself mentally stable. Uh, that I, I mean, I can't really pay for therapy sessions, so I just... <laughs> I go and just rant and talk crazy and people laugh and they actually pay me for that. And I'm like, oh, they're going to pay me for my crazy? Okay, here we go. <laughs> like, here, here we go. 
<laughs> so we understand each other because I'm trying to so get paid for my podcast. No worries. Yeah. So I we have a we have a kismet about ourselves. We have a nice little rapport. So I I look at it as laughter is not only it's like music. It can bring people together. It can be like yes. really show each other's differences, but at the same time show each other's likenesses and how we can laugh at those things. So that's what I try to do, you know. And you know, every now and then you'll piss people off, but Okay. You know, that's how life is. You know, it's like social media. You're not going to place it, please, you know, please everybody. You can't please everybody. No. So I don't try. Question for you. Where did your journey in comedy begin? Oh, man. Uh, we we going there, huh, Rob? We man. <laughs> Where did it we start, man? Where did it I start? mean, I can't okay. read all those achievements and accomplishments and not let the people know where you started. Uh, okay. All right. Well... I started as a sharecropper back in... No, let me... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> During our songs, when he we tried sang to kill our me. big old spirituals... Oh, my God. Oh, oh overseer be. said, you's a funny nigga. No, no. Um, <laughs> you's a funny... And... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it through this episode. <laughs> It started, it started, no, seriously, it started, um, I would say the earliest memory I had when I knew I wanted to do this was when I was 16 years old, a junior in high school. Mm. And, uh, cause I know I was goofy, cause first I wanted, I love sports. I love sports. I wanted to play football, but I was too light in the ass. When you're 85 pounds, a senior in high school, you're really not. Damn. I, yeah, I know. And I had a flat top too. So I look like a damn pencil. So, <laughs> And, uh, but not even a good number two Ticonderoga pencils. I look right. like one of those broke-ass yeah, pencils. The, the, the Ticonderoga yeah, yeah. The race is not that strong, yeah. I wasn't even one of the good Ticonderoga, you know, Ticonderoga. <laughs> so I started there and I said, okay, sports, but I made people laugh, you know, from either my physical comedy or what I said. And uh, we had a, a talent show. And from that talent show, um, it was somewhat scripted, but not really. And I just started thinking of things off the top of my head. And people, you know, were laughing. And this time, not at me. Usually, sometimes at me. But this time, they're laughing with me. And what I was saying, and they were just reacting. And and just, it was just a, I mean, I, I couldn't explain it. But it was like a feeling like, this This kind of feels right. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm, I was too young. It was like, you know, to get a little graphic, it's like, you know, when I first saw a girl and then something happened down in my pants, like, what's going on? This kind of right. I don't know why I like it, but um, this feels kind of good. I don't know what's going on down there, but uh, you, you lead the way. You lead the way. Now you lead the way. <laughs> no, audience, don't ever, fellas, don't ever let him lead the way. Uh, yeah, don't ever let you. Yeah, it's yeah. That's that's the reason why I had a child out of wedlock when I was not, not ready. But that's another story for another day. That's what happens when you get led the way. You get led astray. When you get right. the way, you get led astray. That I should put that on a slogan on a bumper sticker. You stick. should. You should. Yeah. That's good. Yes. Yo, my face hurts. Yes. I, I was not grounded. Uh, yes. A lot of a lot of laundry was done in my teenage years. I won't. I'll stop right there. But um. It was it was that time when I said, man, this feels good. And then people started coming up to me and and they were saying, you are so good. Oh, my God, you should kind of do this. But I was like, I, I don't know. 
And my and it, it was funny because I didn't ever knew I was really doing some research because Eddie Murphy was my idol, mm-hmm. still is. Um, and when I was 10 years old, 10, 11 years old, I saw Eddie Murphy raw. Now, I didn't know what he was saying. Oh, I just saw wow. this. Yeah, Eddie, uh, not Eddie Murphy, I'm sorry, Eddie Murphy Delirious. That was the first one mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. red, when he was in the red leather. Yeah. And he was cussing and saying stuff. Now, I didn't know what he was talking about. He was talking <laughs> about sex. I never even heard about sex. I never thought about sex. I was just got. I was just looking at this one black kid and all these people just laughing at him, just laughing at what he was saying. I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And I, and then that's where it kind of started my research. And I just kept watching his movies, and I just loved his his cadence and the way he just commanded attention and his confidence. And then fast forward back, going back to high school. I felt that. I was like, wow, so this is how it must feel like. And then I went to a senior year where I had my first stand-up, and I had um, my first bit was Romeo and Juliet if black people were in it. Oh, shit. And and, and I said, uh, uh, Romeo, Romeo, where I thought Romeo? And then the brother said, here I am, my favorite hoe. And it just (laughs) went from there and I just started just add something, and then and then uh, I said something. Maybe we should show our love by killing each other. I'm like, bitch, you crazy. You know, I was saying <laughs> like that, and people were just losing it. And mind you, now this was an all-white school too. Oh, <laughs> oh God! Oh my goodness! And I'm throwing this in there, and they were just rolling. I'm like, if I'm that white people, oh my God, you're hilarious, Michael. My God. And all this. And it was, it was, it was just the most gratifying feeling. And then from that point on, I said, okay, this is my calling. This is what I need to do. And my mother, you know, my mother, Haitian Caribbean woman, she's like, you know, you're so funny, baby. You should tell jokes. You make me laugh. I'm like, mom, making you laugh and making strangers laugh. That's two different things. Right, right. Because I thought she was biased. But um, I let me had you know I told jokes at family functions and I would imitate relatives here and there and and people would just vibe with it and next thing I know fast forward I'm I'm uh, performing in colleges uh, I'm you know bombing in colleges and yeah. I went to Howard University along with your friend Nikolai mm-hmm. that's how we met and then I started doing this place called uh, Mr Henry which uh, which was in Adams Morgan which was in Washington D.C. Started performing there, and it just kept on going. And then from that point on, went to New York, started performing there, and that's where I got my first manager slash agent. Mm. And um, when I did this big comedy festival called the Montreal Comedy Festival of New Faces, and I did that, and apparently I did well because uh, I've never had so many white folks rush me, and not because I took something from them (laughs) or because I, I fit the description. But they rushed me. Oh my God! Come and you. Come and you. And I was wow. like overwhelmed. And I got signed by ICM. And that's when, from that point, I got on the show. Talk to me. And then also, uh, also I did um, BET Comic View Live and mm-hmm. things like that. And it just started snowballing. And uh, I've been doing comedy ever since. And that prompted me to move to Los Angeles, Ooh. where I continued it. And you know, with uh, entertainment, you have your ups and your downs. And when your ups are up, your downs are down. And I had my down moment. And at that time, it was like really low. And then that's when the Bernie Mac show came about. Uh, and it was just a small role. It was a small role. It was a, um, 
my my line was under the sink, and because I was some, like some shady character mm-hmm. that you know found stuff lying around Bernie's house, and like man, I was hit, and you know Bernie like I hit them damn cars. Where the hell you put them cars at, motherfucker? Where you put them at? And I said. <laughs> And all I and all I said was under the sink. You're like, got it. And I booked it that way. I was like, but, that's it. And I was like, wow, this acting thing is easy. <laughs> I didn't know. Wow. And, uh, how how and was that? Snowball. And then I was and I was fortunate enough to get that. And then from that, I parlayed that into a, a nice little role on the last holiday with Queen Latifah and El Cool J. Um. And then I parlayed that into, from that, Everybody Hates Chris, which ran for five seasons, which was a, one of the best experiences of my life. You know, people still call me risky. At first, I didn't, you know, if no one knows, like I said, like you said, a lot of white folks, they didn't see the show. So if they said, they go risky, I'm like, oh my God, what does he have? So that wasn't a good thing. When he said risky, that was, they were like, oh my God, should, should I take shots? Should I, should I call the authorities? Oh, uh, you know, that was before the Karens came about. So, uh, Not they, the Karens. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Before the Karens came about, I was just risky. But then when the show caught on, a lot of people started really, and it got more popular actually when the show got off as opposed mm-hmm. to when it was on. Wow. And it's still running now. Um, I know that for sure because I'm getting people from Brazil, hey, danger. But they call me danger. They know how to say risky. <laughs> like, danger. I'm like, and I was like, fuck you, you danger. We call you danger. We can't say this. I was like, oh, you meant risky. Like, yeah, danger. I was like, oh, okay. I thought you were I was like, kiss my ass. You danger. Like, that was great. It was great. And from that point on, um, I've been blessed enough to, you know, parlay that. Like I said, I've had my ups and downs. I've been yeah. able to perform um, overseas for the troops as well early in my career. And that was a great experience. I've been able to perform in my homeland of Haiti for a benefit oh, wow. after the earthquake. That was great. Um, Miami. Um, and now, um, thank goodness, uh, like I, you just mentioned, I'm currently now filming uh, The Upshaw starring Mike Epps and Wanda Sykes, along with Kim Coles, Paige Kennedy. Great cast uh, uh, produced by Regina Hicks. Uh, who's done many, if nice. you Google Regina Hicks, you'll just see a slew of things that she show ran or, yes, run, yes. or uh, wrote for, and now she's the showrunner. And right. Yes. What, out of all of those experiences, what is, which one would be uh, the most memorable or um, iconic for you? Like, which one you never forget? It, you always have this moment that it just pops back up to you. You're at whether it's on stage or a movie, like it just it's like, wow, I'm doing this. Yeah, it was um, two things as far as stand up, it was actually the Montreal Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I said, okay. This is a different country because it's Canada. So I was like, okay, I don't know how my because uh, a comic wants to make sure that their humor transcends, yes. not just, you know, it, it could transcend boundaries, regardless of color, religion, and race, whatever, that everybody could unify and, and be able to relate to what they're saying. And I think the Montreal Comedy Festival was one of the uh, times where it really popped and clicked for me and said, okay, I belong. And that's where I really said, yeah, this is what I really want to do. And as far as 
um, my acting, um, it was definitely Everybody Hates Chris because um, you had um, Tashina Arnold, you had Terry Crews before he went crazy. Um, <laughs> 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 you know, T, I love TC, but come on, T. I mean, damn. Someone take the damn phone away from him. I mean, don't even I mean, shit. I mean, somebody take the damn phone away. Phone yeah. away from, I mean, I guess him and Trump taking the hydroxychloroquine coin together. I mean, they talking crazy. <laughs> um, but Terry Crews, Tashina Arnold, uh, of course, Chris Rock came and directed some. Um, Tony Rock, JB Smooth was on the show. Yeah. Um, um, we had legends like Jack A. Harry, Ernest Thomas. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we had people. And then, and I was just so nervous. Right. Uh, and Debbie Allen one time directed one. I was just, you know, jitter. I was like, oh, what if I say the line wrong? What if I do this? But, and then after a while, and Debbie Allen was like, calm down. Just do what you've been doing. Debbie and, Allen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, she's amazing. Another Howard alumnus, by yes. the way. Howard. And she said, do what you're doing. And I think it really hit me when one of the, the director before Debbie, um, he's, done, he's done a lot of things. Like, he did the Bernie Mac show. He did the Wonder Years. He can go way back. And, I, and my, my role was supposed to be just a guest star, and it became a recurrent. And he goes, you're going to be back. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they said that in Hollywood. We'd be like, mm, yeah, okay, whatever. All right, whatever, motherfucker. Right. I've, I've heard this before. <laughs> I've heard this, motherfucker. Okay. It's like, you know, I, I was like going back to high school. And goes, oh, yes, I'll call you. And she never called. <laughs> I'm sitting there. I call up the news. Boo -doo -doo, this number has been disconnected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello? That's exactly it. the sound. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this number is no longer in service. He's trying to call again. I'm like, damn. Damn. I didn't know she oh, worked at the phone company. God dang. Look, she got, <laughs> she worked at the phone, phone company. Okay, maybe I got to try some. <laughs> so. You know, when they tell you it's going to be all right, you think it's the Hollywood, same, the, the same Hollywood, you know, spin that they did. But lo and behold, I was back. And, um, you know, and uh, that was one of the highlights thus far of my career. And now the biggest highlight is Upshaws, which I'm going to do. And then hopefully because uh, we had to stop filming because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. but we're now back in production. We had our table read. And like I said, we have Mike Epps. We got Paige Kenny. Kim Coles is I mean, uh, I'm Kim. Uh, Kim it's a, yeah, Kim Coles. No, not Kim Coles. Kim Fields. Why well, I said Kim Coles? Kim Fields. I'm getting com confused with two black girls. Kim Fields. <laughs> if no one's doing <laughs> that's your, that's wrong. That's wrong. I've been I've been around these white folks too much. No, I'm just black. <laughs> getting confused with two my black. Kim Fields. Kim Fields. Not Kim Coles. Kim Coles was on Living Single and Living Color. Yeah. Kim Fields, who was on Facts of Life and Living Single, she is on the show. She plays Mike Epps' wife, and she is amazing. Uh, along with Paige Kennedy, who plays uh, a friend of uh, of Mike Epps' character, Benny. He is amazing. I play one of the mechanics, Tony, uh, who's, who's just there, and we just... It's just a great chemistry, a great cast, and now it just keeps getting better and better. And... and Every time, more times, like you know how it is after five years, Rob. The first couple of times, you're like a little hesitant. Okay, what can I say? What can I do? Yep. What can I say? And after you get a rhythm going, it's like, oh, okay, I got it. Right. I figured, listen. <laughs> it's like what you're doing right now. It's listening, reacting, and not trying to be the show, but be part of the show. Because as a comic, Ooh. you always like, I got to make it funny. And you're trying to be all doing all this crazy stuff. <laughs> but you just settle your mind down. 
and just do your thing and just do right. what you feel like you you were born to do and love to do. So you, you those, me- I mean, that's a long-winded answer, but that's what I just wanted to make sure I was specific. It, so. it was Clarity. excellent. It was excellent, man. And you, you pointed out, this is just me. I am no be-all, end-all of anything. Um, and a lot of my friends tell me that I'm quote-unquote funny, but I don't try to be funny, and I get that from you. I get that vibe from you that you're just naturally funny. Like, if we just had a conversation about anything, you could try not to be funny, and I would probably still be crying and laughing. And those are my favorite types of comedians. When it's just conversational, cool, everyday relatable, like, I will be on the floor trying to find oxygen. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's, it's so funny. But I want to I want to take it back to something you said earlier about your craftsmanship and how you studied. What did studying Eddie Murphy look like? Were you watching it and then trying your own stuff? Like how detailed did you get with that? And what are you doing now to continue to study the craft? What I'm doing now with that while studying Eddie was uh, when I first started studying Eddie, I tried to uh, mock him, imitate him, Mm -hmm. which is not good. Because when, because I, I tried doing the exact same thing. Because Eddie started doing comedy at 16 years old, he started doing stand up. So I said, "Well, I got to do stand up." But the difference was Eddie was funny. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, that would help. It, work, it, it works best better when you when you're actually funny and have, actually have jokes. I didn't have no one damn joke. I could only relate stuff to what I was doing with my family members. And the thing about it is, like, I could do that, but I didn't know how to do a, a proper setup, a proper punchline, and and from imitating Eddie, I said, okay, this is not me because I might have his mannerisms, but I can't, I have to find my own voice. Mm. And what Eddie told Chris Rock and what I took to, took to my own thinking and to my own craft is study everybody. Not only Eddie, study everybody. So, and Eddie always talked about Richard Pryor. He said, that's who we read. That was his, his Buddha or his right. God, was Richard Pryor. So I said, okay, let me study Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor's Buddha God was Red Fox. So I said, okay, I got to show you Red Fox. <laughs> so I'm going back. So I'm like, God dang, I hope. I, and I'm going back to like, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Pig Meat Markham and uh, and Burt Williams and Jackie Gleason and Woody Allen. So we just kept going on and on because even though I might not find their comedy my taste or quote unquote funny, funny. But I could learn something from them. How to craft a joke, how to write a joke, how to uh, speak to a crowd. Even Dick Gregory. Even Dick Gregory was a political comic, which I'm not. Mm-hmm. But he had a way of putting it where it didn't make seem like he was talking over my head. He was talking to me, not through me. Right. You know. That's how. That's why Dave Chappelle, I think, is brilliant because Dave will break stuff down. Where I don't feel like like oh this motherfucker I don't know what he's talking about doing these big ass words and. Uh, I mean, the metamorphosis of the strudel. I'm like, I don't have no. What is this nigga talking about? <laughs> talk to me, please. I mean, come on. Is this a is this a TED talk or a comedy show? <laughs> I, I want to make sure I laugh. You know, you yeah. get the joke in, and he does a great job of doing that. So, not only his performance style, but his words to other comics, which was just to keep studying and always, because Chris Rock to the day to this to this day says he keeps studying. He says he still goes and watches old clips of Woody Allen or, or uh, Jackie Mason or like like I said, Pygmy Markham, I mean, Godfrey Cambridge. Read about them, study them, just see even the times that they were living in, especially during the '60s, because that was a turbulent time. To take 
like we're doing right now with the pandemic and social injustice, which is not so much different aside from the pandemic, is to take it and to craft it in a way where people are already mad, but try to lighten it up and try to lighten that load. And to answer your, and to, to uh, you know, tie it up in a bow, yeah, I can't be, I have to just be naturally funny. Yeah. I can't be, you know, and on all the time. It's tiring. It's almost like trying to be black in America. It's tiring sometimes. <laughs> can't take it off. You know, you just got to just turn dollar down right. like, God dang, you have to go out here again. God, geez. I don't want to always be funny because after a while, it doesn't become authentic. Right. You have to be as natural. And if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So you have to want to be as organic as possible and just, you know, let it flow. And uh, those are the people that I like hanging around because as a comic, I don't want to be another, around another comic that always wants to just keep doing joke after joke because I'm like, get, dude, we're off stage. Can we just... Can we just have a drink and have a normal conversation? Right. You know? So. Jessica, I saw okay. you writing over there. I thought I thought I, I didn't want to override you. <laughs> no, no. I'm taking it all in. Uh, one of the things that I took away is uh, your ability to follow the breadcrumbs, I guess. And, like, the breadcrumbs, like these nuggets. Um, we kind of talked about that being present and being in, in a while back. And so to hear you say like you you went and you followed uh, Eddie Murphy and then and Eddie Murphy, um, did I get it right? Red Fox. Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor and Red Fox. And, and so Fox, right. um, all of the and like how you follow that that trail of I you start out not knowing um, really anything about the structure of comedy but you know that you're funny and like following that like for the listeners and viewers like um any other piece of advice for people that have these skills and these gifts and like wanting to um they they don't have the whole package <laughs> like right. they right. just have one piece and they know they can identify something within themselves that's special or a gift but how do they connect that to um to like their to keep going and, and keep going and pursuing that thing without feeling defeated by it. Well, the thing I would say, so you don't feel defeated by it, is to know your own voice. Number one, because everybody has to find their voice. I have to, it took me a while to find my voice, and sometimes it could, someone that is like a quote unquote prodigy will find it quicker than others. Um, you can't get defeated because you have to understand that no one, you're never going to have a great set or a great bit or someone has already done it. You just have to find, like I said, find your own voice and make it original to you. Uh, and to always, always look to get a little better. Always look to get a little better. Because once you say, aha, I got it, that's your ass. You don't, you don't <laughs> Once you say, aha, I'm the man, oh, yeah, you don't fucked up. You, you, you right. Then, right. <laughs> I've had that, Humble uh, yourself. Yeah, then you're playing yourself, and all of a sudden you're patting yourself on the back, you're breaking your arm, and that's when you messed up, because I had that aha moment where I thought I was the shit, and I went to the, actually, my it was my third year in comedy, and I went to the Apollo Woo! in New York. Oh, yeah. I went to the Apollo, because I did great uh, in D.C., because what you had was... A show in DC to get you to the Apollo, mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. first stage before you even made it to the televised. So, but the, it was just as rough. So, I got I, I destroyed it in Washington. So I'm like, oh shit, oh man, I'm about to rip this. You know, I'm a beast. 
So I go up in there and I walk out and they say, okay, Mike, you're going to be the third comic, whatever. I'm like, good, good. Let, let me go. Let me go. I'm joking <laughs> in the back. I got all this confidence and I'm ready. I'm just hyped. Now, when I walk out, you know, the, the old Apollo, you got to touch the law. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to rub the law for good luck. <laughs> I just went out there, didn't even touch the law. Oh, and shit. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you see where it's going. And then everybody's like, oh. You know, when someone says some shit about you in school, right. ooh, that's what it was yeah. like. Oh. And then, you know, that that old ass lady with the bad weave or wig in the front, she was yeah. there. I'm like, bitch, what the hell are you doing here? Don't you supposed to be on television? But I guess she's there all the time. Right. So I, I didn't touch the, the, the law. So everybody's like, oh. And then they said, what's your name? And I was like, yo, I'm Mike. I have all this bravado. Mike estimate. I'm about to rip it up. Like, all right, Mike, do your thing. So I go out there. What up, Apollo? That's all I got. Everybody just, oh, I'm like, uh oh. I'm like, and then I was doing what you were doing with the mic check. I got cobwebs in my throat. Like, I was gargling dice. And then I said something, and my, mind you, my mother, my father, no. and my cousin came down to support me Ooh. in Harlem. So I'm like, yeah, you ever wonder? And I don't know what I said. It was, I bladdered something out. Yeah, y'all ladies be tripping, don't you? And all of a sudden, it was like a Harley Davidson boot, like, boop, 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 boop. And then the booze just rang down. Boo. I thought I saw my father starting to boo myself. I'm like, is that my father? <laughs> And they booed the hell out of me. I walked off, and I I never felt it was the loneliest feeling because when you get booed, you have people avoid you like the plague. No one want to talk to you. They don't, <laughs> there was no pot on no back. Hey man, you get them next time. Like mm, that nigga got booed right there. No, oh, he got booed. Mm. No, don't touch him. He might get, he might right. hit myself off on you. I don't want that right. back on me. I don't want that energy. So I was just oh devastated. And then I uh, went to I went outside, and my father, my mother's like, "Baby, it's okay, it's all right. We love you. You did fine." My cousin's like, "It's alright, Mike. You know, you know, you get him next time." My father's like, "Hmm, you need to work on your jokes." I'm like, "God, that's shit." <laughs> I, like, hmm. I, I didn't think you were that good either. Yeah, you need to work on your jokes. I'm like, "Damn." So after that, I was oh, like, Lord. "Man," but thing that I knew, what I said, you know what? I still want to do this. Even after getting booed, mm-hmm. after getting, booed, I still want to get on stage. I was like, "Am I a masochist? Why am I?" I was still thinking about. It. I was like, "I still, I, I did this wrong." I was just analyzing what I did wrong, and then I think it took me two weeks to get over it. And then after two weeks, I was back on stage. I was, I was scared. I was petrified. I was like, "What if this happens again?" Yeah. And I don't think my set went that well. It was a little off. It was a little quiet, but I wasn't scared. I, I wasn't afraid of the silence as much. I rushed through it, but then the second time I got my first little laugh, and then the, and then it broke. But that's how you know when you have adversity like that, it hits you, mm-hmm. and it doesn't deter you from what you feel like your calling was. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would. That's the nugget I would give to folks. Do your research. Um, you're going to get a lot more. There's going to be a lot more downs than ups in the beginning, but when you have those ups, all those. Those highs are the best highs. Better than any drug. Better than any sex. Better and yes, better than any sex. I never thought I would say that, but it is. <laughs> you sure? Cause oh, I don't have. I, oh my God! I like my girl. Like, babe, you want to hold on, girl? I'm gonna write this joke. Mm, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, 
<laughs> oh, that was a hell of a little punchline, girl. No, you keep that. You know, you, you finish yourself off. I'm done. <laughs> My Lord, that was good. It, it, it was. It oh, was, man. But yeah, research. Stick with it. Find your voice. Find your voice. What makes you unique? Everybody, you always want to be, everybody's uh, hit on a subject that you're probably going to talk about, but make it your own. And like Chappelle is talking about stuff that Dick Gregory was talking about. Richard Pryor was talking about. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy was talking about. But he made it his own. He made it his own point of view, which is why, you know, a lot of people hit, consider him, I mean, the greatest. Because yeah. he's doing it in a way where it's just so, like you just said, Rob, natural. Yep. It's not forced. It sometimes don't even feel like he writes it. It looks like he's just a stream of consciousness. Yeah. And right. the best comics, you know. And Eddie was like that. Eddie was like a dude that, you know, seemed like he was talking shit on the corner. Like some yep. dudes, I know dudes like that. You know, or Richard Pryor when he's telling his stories. or It's just a, a, an amazing feeling. And uh, as I said to folks, just, just stick with it. You'll know if you want to be a comedian or in this business. You know. you. It's like you, when you find that right person, you know. Yeah. You know. You don't know. You can't, you can't describe, but you already know. So that's my nugget. I, we, we definitely appreciate that, man. Um, it's... It's funny, the, the most successful people that I know um, say some of the same things that you just said, especially the part about finding your voice and what are you going to do differently. Um, what's going to make you different? What's going to make you unique? My, um, my broker, when I used to sell real estate, used to say that to me. He was like, oh, you got a marketing plan? Let me see it. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be... He's like, yeah, the the other five thousand agents in the area, they doing that. So what makes you in these? What makes you? Agents? I was like, damn, right? I stayed up all night working on this shit. And you talking about? What's <laughs> but he was, yeah. but he was right though. You know, if a consumer right. is like, what makes this guy different? I mean, other than me being black, what makes me different? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important, especially in this age where everyone is booming. Like people are just selling any and everything. I done seen bottles of water wrapped five hundred different ways. But there's always something unique about one that'll make me buy it or just that person. It's just when I when I see that, I don't know, it's like a spark in somebody. Like my, my broker used to also say, um, people buy people before they buy products. So when that authenticity comes through, it's like, hmm, I can connect with that. Um, I do have another question for you, if you don't yes, mind sharing. Um, and since you brought it up as well, talking about some of the lows, and I mean, you don't have to put all your business out there. But I think it's important to talk about the lows because I do believe it's cool to, you know, let people know that it's okay to get out there, start a business, study, do all those positive things. I've been uh, been that person as well. But I also don't like to set people up to make them think it's an easy road mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. some people really think I could just go out of here and do it. Yeah. Right. Your, your bills are still coming on the first and the fifth. Damn straight. Right. But your paycheck <laughs> might not be. Pay themselves. Yeah. So uh-huh. what what were some, uh, some of those lows and what advice do you have for people to help avoid those or prepare for them? Oh man. Uh, where do I begin? Uh, yeah, I know that's how, that's how low it went. Uh, I'll start with a simple. Those lows were when I didn't have work, when the phone wasn't ringing, when it was calling, uh, and I wasn't booking anything. And it, it got to a point and it, it was, and actually was affecting, you know, my relationship. You know, it was, it, it, and it does affect your relationship with your lady. If you, you know, with your lady, your man, uh, have children, it affects it because it affects your mood, uh, because you're not working, you feel like your value uh, is not being appreciated. Uh, you 
you want to know why, and then you and then you start getting bitter. Ooh. That's the one thing. Yeah, that was the real love when I started just getting bitter for other people like this motherfucker. Who what the hell he doing? That I can't. I can read. He can't even read. Look at his ass. He probably have to his tongue ass. I mean, I was mad at Kevin Hart. Look at this short motherfucker. I can do that all day long. What the hell is that? I can do that. Make all the sound. Look at Chris Rock with his fucked up fingers. I can make my fingers look like that. What the hell is that shit about? You got arthritis, so now you're going to be an actor? I mean, I mean, it would be silly shit like that that would just drive me insane to the point of depression. Right. A lot of comics, they are depressed. There are a lot of comics. A friend, a comic friend of mine, said that the best. We're like broken vases. We have a lot of chips, a lot of cracks in us, and the way we heal ourselves is either through comedy, or writing, or acting. So, it was through those times where I was like, okay, why am I angry? Because I felt like, am I working hard enough? Why is this person doing this? Is my agent not doing this? My manager not doing this? Am I not going out enough? And it's and it's sometimes it's a crapshoot. And you have to be able, you have to be okay with the word no. You have to be okay with the word no. You know, don't have to accept it, but you have to be okay. Okay, no, keep it moving. But you don't accept no. You have to be okay with you're going to be rejected. You have to be okay with they might not like you because I've been saying you're too tall, you're too short, you're too dark, you too, it doesn't do, I mean, I've, I've heard all of it. You know, oh, you're too funnier than this this other than this actor. We can't have you be funnier than him or her. So we can, yeah, I've had that happen too. Overqualified, like, well, huh, yeah, so that does yeah. exist. Like, uh, I thought that was a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, like shit. So I can't be funny. So I, why am I here? <laughs> yeah, why the hell am I here? This that that was in the the breakdown. So you have to be okay with that, but you don't have to accept it, and you do get into that that. Um, depressed mode that mental depression but then you know like and i've started taking therapy because it's good for you aside from comedy because you have to you start have to start talking about things like that is my kids gonna love me yes am i going to be out are they gonna love me any less because i'm not funny because my kids you know they think everything i do is funny even though when i'm not trying to be funny i'm trying to like sit your ass down dad you be crazy come here say that again say that again you gonna beat my ass again, Dad. Say it. We gonna, gonna post this. No, no, no. We are gonna beat your ass. This ain't no joke. <laughs> so it's it, it's great that the kids. For me, I have an outside source. And my, my lady, she keeps me grounded. Saying it's okay. It's gonna be all right. So that keeps me grounded. Even and but before then, it was my mom's. It was uh, some of my com- comedian friend, com- comedian friends. Um, there's a lot of things you have to you know pull from you know either friends or working out just find something else that doesn't define just that who you are then you break away from it because you need a break every now and then right to Mm -hmm. just get away and just to reboot to reset because you're not always going to be funny you're not always going to be on um and those are the darkest times i've had like uh like i said when i wasn't working man and nothing was happening you know i was you know you know getting my well you know unemployment and People weren't hiring, and my manager was calling like, "I don't know what to tell you, Mike. They like you, but they don't." But you know, all these excuses, and I would just just get frustrated and just throw my hands up, like, "This is ridiculous. I'm, uh, what am I doing this for? I'm, it's, it's an abusive relationship. The, the, the lady saying she don't want me, and my ass like, "Are you sure? Are you sure, girl? Uh, I've been working out. I've been reading more. 
I mean, I, I cut my hair, you know, I put a skin lighter, uh, I got I got a penis enlargement. What's going on? You think I can make it happen? No. It's it, it's not worth it. Really, it, it is. It just, you have to be happy with yourself and be okay with yourself that, okay, they said no, but that's not the final straw. There's someone out there, you know? And, and, I, and, I, and that's why I said I pull from, aside from Eddie, other people like, you know, Keenan Ivory Wayans. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I mean, he they had to go through it. I mean, the first family come, all the Wayans. I mean, I might not be big fans of the comedy, but what he did to bust those doors open yeah. and say, this is what I think is funny to Robert Townsend, the same thing. You know, he did his first movie with overdrafting his credit cards. Mm-hmm. And how, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But he just believed in it so much and he had the people around him that believed in it so much that it pushed him and it became a cult classic. And, uh, and uh, those things inspire me and let me know that I'm not alone. Right. That's one thing you have to realize. You're not alone, it happens. You're not always going to be on. So just have to stick with it. And if you really, like anything else, it's a relationship. If you really, really love it, if you really feel like this is what you is meant to be, you will stick and try to make it work as best you can and exhaust every resource you can. You know, as long as you don't hurt yourself and just make yourself crazy. You know, but that's that's the that's the lowest I've been. And that's another nugget I would tell people right there. Just it's okay to hear no. It's okay that people say no to you, but don't accept it. Mm. Do not accept it. I nope. I that resonated. You see, I'm glad that you brought it back up as a nugget because I mentally and like I I was holding on to that. So that's a good one. Yes. Don't accept the no. Nope. Never um, accept the no. So back to the the brighter side of things. Um, okay. And, and, and doing a little little bit of research. <clears throat> now, <laughs> it said that um, in your bio that your views on marriage, sports, and politics will have people in stitches. So I just want to know what some <laughs> the look on your face is like. Oh my, yes. tear this shit up. Go yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got me in the starting block, bro. You got me in the starting yeah, block. I, I just want to know. On your mark. <laughs> on your mark. I'm already. I'm, like, I'm not even going to full start right now. I'm flow joining right now. It's funny. Game both this bitch. Here we go. Let me lose. Let me lose. Let me lose. I, I want to hear your thoughts on on. Uh... <laughs> on marriage in particular because I've been doing a lot of research newly single just did a whole series about men and women and toxicity and all this stuff what are some of your thoughts on that and you you kind of reference that use it as a reference point when you were talking about the lows and and the work you got to put into it as well so man when you're trying to balance a career and relationship uh you have to definitely have the right partner bro yeah. because think about it I mean thank God Martin had, you know, uh, Coretta and and Malcolm had Betty because you don't want, you know, Malcolm coming home and like, mm, what you been doing, marching, nigga? Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't want to hear that all day. Exactly. Like, oh, come on, man. Baby, I'm trying to find a dream. Yeah, I'm dreaming. You know what a dream is? Dream is food on the table. He, he had the right person behind. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, it's, I look at it as more of, um, a superpower, where it's like your go-to. Your spin, if no, if for the old heads out there, remember, like Popeye the Sailor Man, and he had a spinach. Yeah, he had a spinach. 
took that spinach and that oh was God, his poop. I'm an old head. Yeah, Me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm that. an old head too. That's why I, I reference it. I think you should, <laughs> and if you don't know no Popeye, Google it, go to Netflix or Cartoon Network. Do what you got to do. But it's a classic. It's it's the Popeye spinach that gives you that boost. Um, it's 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 difficult. It's not it's not easy, brother. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'm not gonna front like it is. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of ups and downs. Um, but like I said before, if you want to make it work, if you are committed to make it work, then you know it's gonna work. But if you're if you know your the lines are the, the stars aren't aligning and and you're you're thinking one way and she's thinking another way, then yeah, then you have to reevaluate because the thing I always tell them is that. You both came as as individuals first. Yeah, you have to think of individuals first, and love be able to love yourself first before you can just spread that love to the other person. So that's where it, it has to happen, and I had to learn that for myself, and and I'm still learning it in my career, and I love my career, and I try to balance that out and try to uh, implement or show. Look, I I love this career. I love you just as much, but. I, I kind of come as a package, and I hope you can understand that that one doesn't outweigh the other. You come as a package, and I need you for me to get to that next level. Wow! So that's the main thing I always concentrate on. And we've had our you know battles about it. And after and after you know after a few times, like I'm basically I've been married about eighteen years, and I've been divorced for about fourteen of them. So I was like, <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I'm like, shit! I'm leaving! I'm out of here! I'm like, wait a minute! She making most of the money. Hold on. Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> okay, I said some things that me going overboard. I apologize. First of all, first and foremost, let me let me look at myself. What you want me to do? You want a foot roll, baby? You want me to do some dinner? <laughs> so, it takes it takes it takes a minute, man. It takes a minute, and it, but it takes. I, I just heard on the show, uh, another show. You know, it takes vulnerability, which I'm still learning. You know, to be vulnerable, to be open, and which is funny coming from an actor, which is that's our main thing. You got to be vulnerable. Yeah. Here I am, like you can't be vulnerable because on stage, as a comedian, you're showing one side of yourself. But the thing that makes, again, going back to Richard Pryor, Red Fox, and uh, I mean, excuse me, and Chappelle, and even Robin Williams and Jack Lee, they were vulnerable. You could relate to them. You know, that's why you're like, yeah, I feel the same way, and what they're saying isn't malicious it's what they feel and and but they're always trying to understand they're saying they're not perfect which nobody is in this world especially comics and actors we're not perfect which is why we take on roles which would be either comedic or dramatic and trying to take on roles to understand ourselves along with the along with the character that we're playing so it's it's a lot, man. It's a, like I said, even with the kids, Ooh. I try, like I said, I, I'm a different person with, with you here than I am with my kids. I'm, I'm a military man. I'm like, sit your ass down. You think I'm playing with you? Yeah. You think I'm messing with you? Uh-huh. I'm going to bust your ass. And I'm, hey, how you doing? And I'm back to being daddy because I can't be funny with them all the time because I have to be dad. Yeah. You know, I have to be pops. I have to make sure their homework is done, especially with this, you know, online learning, which is kicking my ass. <laughs> I ain't lie. I mean, shit. I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking at it like, Daddy, can you help me? Like, ah, Ooh, ah. okay. My check, my check, my check. Ah, preposition. Yeah, I think that was a 
That used to be a famous song from Bobby Brown, My <laughs> Preposition. I believe that was, uh, the, oh, that's not it? Ah. Why don't we go back to coloring? Let's go back to coloring. Make sure you stay inside the lines. So, uh, that's what... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that, oh. even in that like the vulnerability i feel like a lot of times people are are able to understand that in um in work going back to your point about being vulnerable in work but pulling that into personal like life how how do you use I, I guess in parenting and, and the relationship, like how how did you realize that you needed to be more vulnerable in those areas? Well, actually, I'm I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I'm always learning, and it was funny because uh, my eight year old he comes to me and goes, uh, "Dad, I like to speak to you." That's how he talks. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Dad, like formal? What? It's very important, <laughs> father. I'm glad we had a chance to sit down and speak this way. He goes, Dad, um, because and I and I and the thing about it is, kids, as I mean, because I have four children, I have four children, and the youngest one, uh, along with the oldest one, are very in tune with their feelings. And the youngest one told told me because I like I said we're doing the learning thing, and I got impatient and I called him a dummy, which was wrong. And he goes, "Uh, Daddy, uh, you call me dummy, and that hurt my feelings. That really hurt my feelings. And at first, like, get your bitch ass out of here. Talk about you. That was the initial thought in my yeah, head. But yeah. And I said that, and not in so many words. But then I was like, no, no. And his, his mom said, look, he's sharing with you. He wants to talk to you. And that was where I was like, okay, this is where I need to be vulnerable. And I can't do the exact same thing my parent or my father did with me. Yeah. Because right. he was just mimicking what his dad with him, which was, shut up, dummy, smack in the back of the head and smack you and spank you, get me that switch, or throw a shoe at you. That's how they raised us. And they yeah, figured, right. oh, you know, and I feed you, I clothe you, I got a roof over your head, that's enough. But that's not how, that doesn't mean that it was right. Right. So right. That's why I said I have to be more vulnerable, be open, because not, in being more open and, and relating more to your kid makes a better relationship with your children. Right. And that's what I was learning. And when he came to me and he, initiated the the conversation it touched me and I said okay if he's taking this much time to share at eight years old yeah how he was feeling I should be more receptive because I always told him you don't have to give me respect because I'm your father I have to earn that just because I'm your father doesn't mean oh you respect me automatically right. if I haven't earned that respect just like any other other adult if they don't respect you there's no reason why you should respect them just because they said well I'm older and that's it that doesn't garner you any respect. Well, I'm older. Shut your mouth. You know, that that doesn't make any sense. That's how I feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, it doesn't garner that. So he garnered my respect by coming to me and sharing with me. And I wanted to garner his respect by saying, you know what? I'll make a deal with you. I won't do that. I apologize. Doesn't matter if they're how old they young they are. You still can apologize to a young kid. Man. Because they right. need to understand that. They'll be able to come to you and hopefully as they grow as human beings that it's all right for men to say, yo, my bad, I'm sorry. Right. Not to be like, let me get the fuck out of here. You know, it's all good. Come on. No, you have to say I'm sorry because they want, you know, they need to feel that. They need to hear that. Yes, yes. What, what you're agree. saying is infinitely important. <laughs> That's, you know, 
granted, you're not the same age as my dad. God rest him, it's his soul in heaven. That's how my dad raised me. Um, I just talked about this on my last episode. Like, that's exactly like he sat me down. He had conversations with me. Um, he taught me how, that's why I'm so good at this. Like, I'm, I've been mm. talking all my life. I want, And he taught me to explain myself. Like, I can have straight A's. And this is when N64 was out. Love Nintendo 64. If I wanted that new game, okay, tell me why I should buy you this game. I'm like, right. Shit. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I come back with bullet points, Dad. I mean, that's what my son did. My son, uh, my oldest son, uh, 17, uh, he would ask me for a dog. I mean, this was for, he's 17 now, but he's been asking me for a dog for like, since he was 9, 10. And I was like, no, you ain't getting no dog. Why are you going to get a dog? And I was like, you're not going to clean up after it. You're not going to do this because I'm going to be raising that dog. No, yeah. you're not going to do it. So fast forward, he's, he wrote up literally a bullet point, like a, a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> he's like, that. I'll show you why we want a dog. And this was during the pandemic. <laughs> Number one. And he went through it, the whole thing. And I said, you know what? If you go through this whole thing to explain to me why we should have and need a dog, damn it, I should be open enough and receptive enough to say, yeah, let's go get a dog. You you put in the work. You put in the work. I should be rewarding you for doing this work. So that just, that gave me, I was like, yeah, man, let me, let's let's do it. Let's do it. You broke me down, and that was more impressive. I, like, you broke me down. I, maybe I'm tired. I just woke up. I just I don't feel like dealing with this shit. I, I haven't had my, my, my juice smoothie with protein. I'm, I'm fine. Let's do this. But it was what impressive. What did you get? No. Oh, what we got a pit. We got a pit. We got a pit terrier. He got oh. and yeah, he found he found her um, at the LA uh, shelter. Yes, uh, adopt yeah. don't shop. Yes, he did. He adopted. <laughs> said, he pulled her up. He did the printout. We went there. He, he scheduled the uh, the time we were supposed to meet. They brought the dog out. Wow. He did all of that. He wow. did all. Yeah, and the so. dog's name, I'm a, uh, clearly I'm a pet lover. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, ZZ. Her name is ZZ. ZZ. Yeah, it was Zara, uh -huh. but we, we call her ZZ. ZZ. So, yeah. So, <laughs> what happens is, just like I said, he ain't picking up shit. I'm walking the door. <laughs> uh, morning and night, uh, I'm feeding the dog. Yeah. So everything that I said when he was 10 years old came to fruition. Yeah. So... <laughs> But right now, I'm I'm in love with that dog. So I say, oh, fuck it. Right, it's done. It's, it's it was done. for it's you done. all along. It was. It was for me all along. I got a meal because I love to run. That's why I got a running partner now. So I, saw I saw that. I saw that. So yeah. uh, you run as well, uh, Rob, right? <clears throat> I would define mine as a brisk walk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you walk. So I started the pandemic running. I, I went to school on track scholarship, but um, do you run in the winter? I'm trying to get advice on that because I'm really yeah, about that. not. I, I don't run in my soul to run in the winter. But do you run in the winter? Okay. Uh, well, luckily not because I live in Los Angeles. Yeah, so you, you, you don't get. But, a does, but I have run in the rain. I have run in the rain. There was one time. Where um, I, I I run marathons like like ten k's. Oh, you My first marathon I run in Long Beach. Yeah, I did ten k's, which is six miles. I've run half marathons, and for some reason we did um, one on the beach. And this day it was raining. The wind was coming in sideways, and I'm thinking about well, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna cancel this race, right? They're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna cancel, right? It's about, and the person's like, all right, on your marks. Like no, no, you don't. 
Mark, go home, right? We're going to cancel it. And go. And we ran in the cold. And it takes a, a different kind of mentality. I was like, okay, I'm cold. My hands are freezing. But people running like, when they were just going into it. I'm like, oh, okay. And that's what made me love. I'm like, okay, it's a mentality. It's 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 a discipline that you have to have. And, and then from that point on, I was just into it because I saw all these people pushing themselves, pushing their bodies to doing things that they weren't, that their bodies, I know physically we shouldn't have been out there. But they said, no, we're going to do this. We're going to finish this. And we weren't doing it for a medal. or I mean, people. some people were running for time. Some people were just doing it for camaraderie. But they were just running. And they were just doing it and pushing other people. And it's almost like what kind of like, I guess, why I like sports and that so much is like the uh, time back into entertainment. It's like you have to push yourself. Okay. Know your limits. Test your limits. Push those limits. See how far you can go. And that's what I do, man. And yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm like, this is stupid. Why am I doing? My feet hurt. I'm tired. I'm, oh, my God. Oh, things are starting to flop out. My, I got my drawers out. I got a wedgie. I want to take this. I want to go to the bathroom. You got all this, but you just, yeah, you just doing what you have to do. And it, it, it's just, it's meditative for me, too, when I run. It's meditative because then when I finish running, I have all these ideas, flood of ideas because, you know, they talk about the endorphins and all that yeah. starts happening. And I start having these ideas and I'm like, oh, let me write this down. Oh, I should do this. I do this. It's, it's my, I don't drink coffee. So that's my morning coffee. Mm -hmm. I'll run. You know, I just get it, get it, whether it be 20 minutes or 40 minutes or however long I feel like running. At that day, it's just my, uh, my adrenaline rush. And then I'm ready to go for the day. But yeah, I got my dog. She run with me. Now, the first time I ran with her, uh, it, it happened to be like one of those mini heat waves. It was like, and we went running at eight o'clock in the morning. And at that time, it was 85 degrees at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, ooh, it's kind of hot. But we, I ran with her. This was like our third day with her. I'm like, come on, girl. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And, it, and, we got, and the sun started coming out. And her little tongue. <laughs> now, I know if she could have talked, she's like, nigga, slow down. That's what she wanted to say. I ain't no track dog. I'm a pit. I, I, I fight. I don't run. I ain't no great if you want one, get a greyhound. That's a motherfucker that wrong. I'm a damn pit terrier. I got too much fun. And then after a while, she just laid down. She's like, fuck it. She just laid down. He yep. said, fuck it, I ain't running no more. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so sorry. We were on the trail. I had to call my wife to come pick us up. She like, <laughs> and then, you know what he did? I like, he looked at me. If I was so I'd bite your ass if I was so tired. I was just, I can't breathe right now. I was just, oh, shit. Give me some water. So it was, it was, that's how much I love it, man. But she's getting used to it now. She's getting used to it now. We're, yeah, we're starting to do a mile, two miles. We'll do a walk, run, walk, run. Um, she's getting used to it, but that's my running partner. That's my girl. And, um, yeah, it's, that's, and like you just said, with the pandemic and, hey, I, I can run two marathons at this point. I'm serious. I've been running so much time because I train my little boys because they play soccer and basketball. And so I was like, you ain't going to be playing Fortnite all day and getting Fortnite ass. Sitting on your ass, <laughs> you know, saying, oh my God, I'm laggy. You ain't getting no Fortnite ass on me and playing, you know, <laughs> and all this shit. We're going to do some exercise. Yes, you know, that's important. You know, get, get out there and let's, let's do some work. So I've been working with them, uh, working out and just really, you know, staying in shape and just having fun. And plus, okay, I'm an actor. So, you know, my this is my money maker right here. It I got to keep everything tight. <laughs> I can't become 
You know, I can't have that quarantine look like hey, you couldn't find one barber, not one. I'm like, yeah, nah, just uh, you don't got no clippers at the house, nothing, nothing, really, damn. Uh, so I just want to make sure that I was looking tight. So that's the main thing that I, I, I wanted to push. But yeah, it's always for me. It's always about pushing limits. It's always about testing your limits. See how far you can go, and uh, whether it be comedy, run, exercise, something, anything. It's always. I mean, my, my lady always talked about my, that's my ADHD talking, but maybe that is because I'm always wanting to find some activity. I always want to find some kind of, uh, uh, I guess, an adrenaline rush, something to pique my senses. You're creative. You know, mm, you're creative. Always, always think it's creative. And even my son said, Dad, why don't we do, we do a sketch? And I, I, I perked up. I'm like, oh, shit, let me start writing. Yeah. You know, and he just wants to make it fun because he sees these YouTube sketch sketches. I'm like, son, we could do that. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, watching these motherfuckers do all this crap. We could do the same thing. I got a camera. You know, I got, we'll put some stuff. I'll, I'll direct you. And now he's like, which is a good thing. He's bugging me. Dad, when are we going to do this next sketch? Because we did a sketch. About oh, cool. Playing. And and he got a lot of views. And his, <laughs> his grandpa, you know, called. And my father called. And other people saying how great it was. And he got the bug. So I was like, all right, here oh, we go. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it's fun. No, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, he's 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 feeling. He's getting the bug, and we're starting to write some stuff up. And we're actually gonna like after I come home from uh, work from the Netflix show, we're gonna shoot that sketch. Like I'm gonna write something up for us, and then we're gonna and I'm gonna show him how to edit it and put it up. And, Excellent. And, yeah, yeah. And in the next generation. Like, building. Yes. yes. Yeah. And like I said, hey. If I don't like, if he makes it, well, he won't make it because I'm gonna sabotage his career because you ain't making it before me. Yet. No, that ain't gonna happen. I'm gonna get my star on the Walk of Fame. No, fuck that. I'm sorry. If it sounds petty, yes, I am petty. That's it's terrible. I, I told you I'm working on stuff for myself. I'm working on myself. You, you did tell us. You warned us about that. And where can we find uh, the YouTube clip? Oh, my son. Oh my God. Uh, I will share that with Rob. I will put that okay. on. Okay. Yes. Yeah, 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 I have it. I have it too. So I'll save that with you guys. I'll share that with you. All right. Um, I only got a couple more questions. Uh, Jess, you got anything else? Before I, I don't. I only got a couple more questions. I know you're a family man. I don't want to get you in trouble with the missus. Uh, <laughs> I always... Won't be the first time. Don't worry about it, man. I don't... <laughs> I'm used um, to. <laughs> two things. Um, your podcast. Tell us about your podcast. You have a podcast. I have a podcast called Balls in Your Face. Uh, it's, a, it's a sports uh, uh, slash uh, comedy slash culture podcast where uh, we talk about with sports fanatics. We talk about what's going on in the sports world. We talk about what's culture. We, had, uh, we just finished talking about um, the whole Ice Cube, um, I guess, quote unquote, controversy with him. I need uh, to read that. Yeah, meeting with Trump. Uh, be based on his uh, his uh, black agenda, and Trump uh, um, uh, calling or uh, reaching out to him, and uh, and Ice Cube accepting that uh, that request, and we went back and forth why we agree, why we disagree. So we talked about that. Uh, we've talked about uh, you know LeBron. We're we're LeBron James fan when LeBron finally won his ring, and we talked about the LeBron haters and the LeBron lovers. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Dr. Dre and uh, the divorce with his wife and how uh, someone needs uh, $2 million for a hairdresser or whatever the hell she needs. <laughs> I don't know what fucking kind of hair you need $2 million 
<laughs> to fix your hair, I mean, damn. I mean, uh, <laughs> he said, I mean, damn. <laughs> I mean, come on. So we talk about that. So we call the balls in your face because like anything else, when you get a ball in your face, it kind of wakes you up with the truth. So we just, and, and, we, and we love sports, but it's centered around sports fanatic because so we're going to talk about the big three that Ice Cube talked about as well that he has. Yeah. So we, we, we pretty much cover the whole gambit. It's open. It started off as a sports talk show, sports comedy talk show. We talk about comedy and our comedy stories, but we try to uh, encompass everything. You know, anything that we want to talk about, what we have, what I write in my notes, hey, we got to talk about this. We definitely got to hit that. And we're looking to uh, have that. We're, uh, we have our producer, Warren Thompson. He's editing right now. And you could look up that on, on not only on YouTube, iTunes, and we're looking to uh, put it on Amazon, which has a new streaming service. So we're trying to do as many media platforms out there just to get the word out there. And just like, for, like I said, with this pandemic, with this pandemic, for me, what it's done for me is it either could do one thing. It could crush you or make you more creative. Yeah. And I chose to make it more creative. At first, I was depressed as hell. I got to be with these kids. And, you know, and because I, I, <laughs> there was a time I was like, I, I really don't like these kids. I really don't like them. <laughs> I, I really want to leave right now. But then after the two, three weeks of talking myself off the ledge, it taught me how to be creative and really appreciate who they were as people. And, and then also dig down deep and find some creative side of me, which is why I did the podcast. And also I did a web series. Um, it's a few years ago called All for Love, which was based on my relationship. with My wife, she's South Asian and um, and she how we um, met, but it's loosely based on that with us dating. You can find that on Amazon as well. Um, and we're pitching that also to try to make it hopefully to something, a series, uh, and uh, and flesh that out, hopefully with Netflix or Amazon or any other uh, streaming platforms. So um, yeah, that's what we're doing right now. That's we're just always constantly just moving the needle, trying to uh, add to our portfolio, add to our resume. So awesome! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I know it was long-winded that, but that's that's what I wanted to to, to, to share with that with the podcast and with the upshaws and things. And it just doesn't stop there. But like I said before, with this pandemic, um, it was, a, uh, as I like to call it, God's global timeout. Yeah. Where you need to sit your ass down and right. see what's um, important. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you touched on that. Because I actually, I said, no, I didn't have anything. But that I was you had my one. question. It was, it was like, I wanted to know your experience of the pandemic and like, I got it without asking. So the universe oh. provided my, I, I manifested it in my thoughts. There so. you go. Yeah. <laughs> Manifest your thought. And then yeah, I, put I wrote it, it down. It literally says pandemic and experiences. And then you gave it to me. So it's been a, yeah, it's been a blessing. I, I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, I understand the whole with, you know, the dark side of it, which is the unemployment and the deaths and things like, and of that nature. And that is horrible. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and, you know, I'm not going to get political because I think we've all done that and I'm tired of that myself. Right. And so on the flip side of that, I look at it as, like I said, I've had enough time to spend with my kids to really understand what was going on, not only in schooling and in their life, to have conversations. And yeah, I have my down times and my up time, up, my down days and my up days. But how do I cope with that? Like I said, it forced me to, you know, in turn, uh, look and look deeper. Okay, mm -hmm. what can I make better myself? What have I been neglecting? You know, asking the questions yes. that 
because you're always on the move. You don't really right. have time to really sit down with yourself. <laughs> with yourself. Since you remember when old folks were like, sit your ass still, sit still. Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> and before you're like, but what? I said, sit still. They just want right. you to sit down and relax your mind and think and somewhat meditate. But they right. just sit still. And that's what it forces you to do to sit still and somewhat meditate, even if you're not, you know, quote unquote, you know, the typical meditation. But you get to think about, oh, I missed this opportunity, but this opportunity presents itself. What does this sign say? Oh, I'm exercising. Maybe because after a while, like I've been exercising and then one kid said, hey, can I work out with you? And another kid said, can I work out with you? Then I had these little kids I'm working out with out of nowhere. And I get a little business on the side, and that's just because I, I like, I know this was gonna happen. I just like, you know, working out my kids. Also, it was for my 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 actual boys to stop complaining so damn much. So I was like, here, have your friends complain with, you know, working out with your ass, so you stop complaining. So I'm gonna stop your ass until next week. So it just spun out into that. So things like that. That's what the pandemic has done during this time. It's just make you think outside the box. And I've talked to my my boys from college, from Howard, they said it makes you think outside of the box. He's wrote scripts and, you know, we watch things differently and yeah. we, you know, we, we take in things different and I don't take things um, as personal as I used to. Right. Now I just, instead of, and I have to credit my therapist and also what I've been thinking also, I, instead of going into something, expecting a result, mm-hmm. you know, I just expect them to just listen and that's it. Right. Don't expect anything at the end of it. That's Don't expect the result. Just, you know, put it out there. And if something positive happens, great. If nothing doesn't happen, fine. But you have to be okay with that. So that's what this pandemic has, has opened up for me. Whew. Man. Thank you for shining a light on mental oh. health too in the black community because I am an advocate for that. I go to therapy. Uh, and I think that a lot of people are apprehensive about that or what that looks like so just hearing you openly speak i really want to like say something there because i think that we need more that um we have a lot of trauma and so thank you for sharing that oh i i complete i i was one of the the naysayers mm-hmm. the 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 people that say man y'all ass crazy that's why you take a therapy shit you know but after a while um and and after credit my daughter mm-hmm. you said, dad you need therapy and I thought wow. she was funny. Yeah, she was because yeah, she she uh, she does therapy. Wow. And she said, "Dad, you need therapy. It's, it'll help, Dad. It'll help. It'll help." And she said this for about a year or two. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, you know, because I my temper was uh, not constructive; it was destructive. Mm-hmm. And then I said, "Okay, you know, all right, baby, I'll I'll let me do therapy." And and like I said, you could you could tell jokes, but for so long when yeah. shit ain't funny anymore. Now now I'm not being funny; I'm just being angry. Right. And uh, and when you're being angry, it's not funny anymore, and you're not being vulnerable, and then it stifles right. the creativity. It's a, a domino effect in it's some way effect. of how it robs robs us of our lives. Just one little thing spins out of control, and I, I I don't know. Yeah, no, no, you're right. No, you're <laughs> on the right path. It does spin out of control, and it's like this because you don't. It's like pulling a thread. You know, you, you mm-hmm. pull that thread, oh, oh, this thread, oh, this will, after I pull this thread, it'll be fine. But then you keep pulling it and it just keeps unwinding. Right, yep, right. Like, it's not getting any better. Right. Getting to the root of the issue. Right. And that's where my journey is. I'm trying to get to the root of the issue. Right. Whether, like I said, prayerful, like I'm a 
uh, I like to say I'm a spiritual person, not a religious person, because right. religion right. is a little more constricting for me. Spiritual, right. I'm a little more open, which is why I read the Bible and try not to take it verbatim because I have to understand the times that it was written. But it right. does have some good nuggets in there where I can say, oh, I never thought of something that way. Mm -hmm. And maybe if I apply it in this way, maybe that will get me closer to what Nirvana is, whatever the hell it is, you know? Right. It's always, it's, it's always, like I said, I, I've never, I've never thought in my forties that I would still be learning, but Hey, uh, I'm I found that we're learning to unlearn. Yeah. <laughs> like, so exactly. you, you, it's a whole, yeah. you thought you check, we were going through this process of checking the boxes, checking the boxes. So you thought you would get to the end of the checklist. And I think as you become whole and be, and you're working on being more whole, you find that you're unlearning these processes. Like, no, this doesn't just equal that. Like you have to look at the situation as it is and all in its fullest context, not right. just just check. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. And I've and I've been, and it it does it has helped my relationship, honestly, great, with great. my you know my lady and my and my and my kids. Uh, like I said, always learning. I didn't say I'm perfect because it's, it's a long. Like you said, you have to unlearn. That's that's forty some odd years of unlearning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. because there was one way that I would express my feelings by either clamming up and just. Pushing it down, cause you know, being a, you know, being mm -hmm. a man, especially you're a black man, push it down, push it down, yeah. push it right. down. You get ulcers, and, mm, mm, you yep. shitting out stones, and you know, <laughs> having all kinds of, you know, yes. you know, ulcers and, and, and all these problems like high blood pressure and diabetes. That's where it comes from. It's all that stress and all yeah. that anger and angst. But once you release it, ah, you know, there's a breath to it. You know. And it's it just opens up so much, and for me, and then we the universe opens up. And my my daughter used to say this all the time: the universe will open up so many possibilities. Oh yeah, yeah. Once you allow once yourself, once we let go, once you let go, got to. Yeah. And damn it, hey, she was right. And she how old is your daughter? Ah, uh, she is twenty six. Yeah, I'm 26 year old baby. You know, even though I call her my baby, yeah, 26. Yeah. So no, no, it's great information. Great, yeah, great, she's great. wise beyond her ears, but years, but uh, there. And, and like I said, always learning, whether it be comedy, life, exercise, is never too late. I'm always reading, and I've read more than I have ever have in college. Oh yeah, so, same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Same. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm reading stuff back to front. I'm like, wow, okay. Taking little nuggets here and there right. and just trying to apply to it and just build on that. So that's awesome. where I'm at. It's yes, awesome. sir. You're, you're setting such a, a great example for your kids. And I'm so glad that you recognize and you took the time to listen and say, you know what, I, I do need therapy. And based off of just um, some of the stories you're telling and the way you interact with your kids, you're not taking those things that happened to you or whatever happened or whatever the root is, you're not taking it out on your family. Or you're trying not to take it out on your family. You're like, let me get, you know, this is not, this is something not right about this. Let me fix this. Because they didn't do anything to me. Mm. You know? So it's kind of like that whole unlearning thing. Because, yeah, my dad was like that sometimes. Smack you upside the head. But, you know, he <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he, he dialed it back. But um, last question I have for you, man. Yes, sir. Um, This is a loaded question. Where do you see this thing going? I mean, you have a lot on the horizon. 
you're well seasoned. I would say that you're established. You know, five, ten years from now, what is the big goal? What is the big plan? You know, I stopped doing that, honestly. Um, because when I didn't reach that goal, I got frustrated and angry. Mm-hmm. So I just, uh, they have this thing in acting called live in the moment. Mm-hmm. I just live in the moment, brother. I just really, cause I, I try not to, I try not to etch my, uh, path in stone. I write it in pencil because it's always changing. I just keep erasing that bitch. I just, <laughs> I, I keep it like, nope, that ain't going to work. Nope. That ain't going to, cause it's just. It's um, it's ongoing. I'm always evolving, and so when I when I when they say you know where these, I mean I have in my mind somewhere written down all oh, in five years because I remember when I came out to LA, I said, oh man, when I come out to LA, I'm gonna be a leading man, leading man. <laughs> After five, ten, five, six years, you know what? I'll be a supporting man. I'll be a supporting, <laughs> you know. But as long as I'm a man, I'm a supporting. Now after like. Eight, nine, ten, eleven years. Like, guest star is fine. I could guest star somewhere. I could be a guest star. <laughs> guest star. I'm good. I'm good with that. After 18, 19 years, twenty years, I'm like, you know what? Uh, I I just want work. I just, I, yeah. I, if I could just, I just be in a catering. If I could just hand someone some muffin or something. Um, that's 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 how it is, brother. It just you just don't put all these when you put. I mean, I, putting expectations is not bad. Expectations yeah. are good. It's just don't put restraints on those expectations, like time frames. Yeah. Because when it happens, it happens. And just always enjoy Because the journey is always more enjoyable than the destination sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to enjoy the journey. And it's been a long-ass journey. Don't get me wrong. I like to get to that destination. And there's been many successes along the way. But at the same time, I have to make sure that I enjoy the journey and that I don't try to put restraints on, you know, what I gauge as success. Because yeah. for me, success, it, it it changes from day to day with me. Yeah. You know, it may be monetary. Then it may be uh, spiritual. Then it may be just right. family life. I mean, there's many successes that people look at. And I think that's what sometimes, um, uh, and including myself, uh, was a downfall because I put okay if I do this and I make this, that's when I'm a success. And when I didn't happen, I get frustrated, I get angry, I get depressed. I was at my lowest. I don't want to live. I mean, it was crazy stuff going through my head. And then after a while, I'm like, I gotta stop doing this to myself. Yeah. Because it's not healthy. So when I do get a job like the Upshaws or Bernie Mac or everybody's Chris, I'm like, thank you, thank you God. Yes. Because a lot of other folks would love to have this job. They and would. even if it wasn't the leading man or the supporting recurrent, whatever, I'm on a show. I'm doing what I love. It's not work. And it's going to a journey and, and it's going to some place where I don't know where it's leading me to, but that's the fun part about it. Yes. Yeah, that's you, the best part about it. Because you just hit it. Yeah. You it's, just, it's just beautiful. You you just hit it, man. Um, I'm, I'm so glad you answered the way that you answered. I used to be the the whole numbers, I have to do this, that, and the third. And like you said, it's disappointing as shit when you don't reach it, especially mm. when all your other friends are doing it. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Yeah. When I, when I see, like, most of my friends, like, yes, and it yes, starts out, yes. oh, he got that show, look at that. <laughs> 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 Ooh, 
I am so happy. I'm biting a hole through my lip blood. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. And then I got that glory tear from Denzel Washington in that old movie. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy. I am so happy for him. Meanwhile, I'm just, oh, my God, it's tearing me apart. But now I'm genuinely happy when I see one of my peers do something. Yeah, you know, I'm genuinely happy. I'm like, God, that's what I'll, I'll email them or message. Hey, man, I am so proud that you did this. I'm so proud, man. Keep doing your thing. I don't. I mean, and before you used to be an agenda behind it, but now I'm like, no, I'm literally proud. I'm happy for you, you know, because I know how hard it is to get there. Right. I understand yeah. the sacrifice right. you probably have to make. You yeah. know, right. not having a relationship, but you know, the, uh, the, the, uh, not hanging out with your friends. You know, getting whatever it's knows. I know what it's like. Yep. Right. So I understand how hard that journey is. So for 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 you to get that, I understand what it took. Yep. So I'm able to, uh, you know, empathize and, and understand that. So it's actually so refreshing. I'm like, and I'm so happy to see. It. I mean, at the point where you know I'm crying with the dude. Yeah, man, we did it, dude. I'm, we didn't do shit. I didn't do nothing. <laughs> Yeah, man, we did it. Like, all right, man, I gotta go back to my trailer. Okay, well, I gotta go help out my son. This online man, this core man, kick my ass. I'll see you later, man. You know, it's a beautiful thing, brother. No, it's a. It is. It, it, it it's is. a beautiful thing, and I, I understand. I understand what needs to be. You know, what's important, and uh, and like that's why I said I don't really have any um, expectations. I guess I'm just enjoying the journey. Um, you know, if money, you know, start raining from the heavens or success comes out, I am appreciative because I know what it was like to, I guess, fail yeah. and yeah. at times feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. And so anytime I get anything little, it's just a blessing and I count those blessings. And when people say, you know, you know, something like, what's your best role? What's the most exciting? Like you just asked me. It's like uh, that, but the next one is going to be my most exciting one. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, these things are far and few between. So I take it in stride, man. I'm just enjoying the ride. I'm just enjoying the, the journey. Um, and then if I'm able to help out my fellow man, woman, child, whatever, I, I will do that because uh, I understand um, the, the, the blessing that I was given. And it's my opportunity and my duty now to to share that with them, to share that with whomever, and to just bring them up and hopefully they pay it forward. Yes, yes. I'm over here like smiling. My my jaws hurt because I'm just my, like, yo, my face yes, is hurting this is right now. This is what people need to take away. Like it is really important to like I think self-discovery and it all goes back to that. When you dig into yourself, the abundance is within ourselves. Like yeah. if we can because once you realize it is a journey and it is hard, and if it's hard for me, it's hard for them. And you you find happiness in other people's stories. You find yeah. like uh, that connection, and like I think that all of those little pieces like is where the success really comes from because you you're you're experiencing it and feeling it and participating it in it in such a deeper level. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, cheese. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, I didn't mean to go all uh, Cleflo Dollar or, you know. Uh, <laughs> talk, you know, getting all, 
My face hurt, man. I, I think I went to Oprah's, uh, you know, Soulful Sunday. I know. Right. I, felt, you I felt like they were king Oprah's up in here. Soulful Sunday on this, but I appreciated it. Uh, uh, yeah, I, it just, it, this was great. I, 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 I just feel like, um, <laughs> going through all what we going through, you know, it's, it's time to just sit back, reflect, and say thank you, and. Um, Hopefully, better things to come. And like I said, like I never put restraints on yourself. Never put, I don't put, I have expectations, but I don't have restraints. So, and if it doesn't go this, the way you plan for it to go, it's okay. That's okay. It's okay. You know, because there's something better. And if something does, doesn't, does, uh, I guess, go in a opposite direction that you plan, that is not what you planned, Lean. Uh, someone said something to effect of lean into the uncertainty of it all. Mm-hmm. Ooh, gotta, it's okay to do that. It's yeah. scary. It's like skydiving. It is scary. If you jump. It's scary as hell. You jumping. You got a dude strapped to your back. Girl strapped to your back. You don't know. Is that chute gonna open? I hope it does. But you just gotta have to jump into faith and make it happen. You know. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking time out to speak with us and sharing that very useful, helpful, and um, powerful knowledge with the audience, man. That That's what it's all about on this show, man. We want to promote positivity. We want people to share their life experiences with others because that next great comedian that is trying to come in behind you, you might have just gave them or her exactly what they just needed to make it to that next step. So definitely want to thank you for that. Any other shout-outs you want to do, your social medias, all of that? Yeah, sure. Uh, I like. Uh, I'm on uh, IG, uh, Mike Estimate Comic. Uh, one word. Uh, I'm also uh, on uh, Facebook, Wanted Funny Haitian Dude. So you can check out some stuff there. Uh, <laughs> also, like we we talked about the Balls in Your Face podcast that will be coming out soon. Um, also, um, you can check out the web series, Awful Love, and look at some stuff. It's some early stuff, not the best, but it's funny. I think it's funny. On Amazon Prime, um, and uh, that's pretty much. Uh, oh, and uh, Twitter at m e s t i m e forty two. That's me time forty two, and uh, yeah, that's the only time you could uh, quote me as Jewish. Me time, me time. Hey, All right, you yeah. gotta go before you get us canceled. Before we even get on air. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm on the come up, okay? I'm trying to take that place. Yeah, I don't want the ACLU coming down on you. Uh, my fault. That's, I don't want I don't want that happening. But yeah, that's that, those are the social media platforms. So that's pretty much it. But I thank you, Rob. Thank you, Jessica, for uh, taking the time out. This was awesome. This thank, was you. Great. thank you so much. This no problem, man. No problem. Treat. Now, to our audience, I already know, um, if you're a first-time listener, you can find us on Instagram, FME underscore podcast. On Facebook, join the Facebook group. We have great discussions going on in there. Just search us from My Experience Podcast. You can like the page as well because that's going to come up too. But uh, definitely join the Facebook group. Uh, if you have a question, if you want to be a guest or you have someone you want to suggest as a guest, hit us up, fmepodcast1 at gmail.com. Don't forget to check our affiliate links in the description. I'm not going to go through all that stuff right now. I- I'm-, I'm still on the high from this conversation. Now I'm processing some things. I feel like I need to stay up and work, but I actually got to get up and go to work, so I can't. But, <laughs> um, and uh, you can follow my personal IG, complete underscore vision. Jessica, where can they find you? 
at exposure, E-X-P-O-Z-H-E-R on Instagram and Facebook. All right, y'all. So y'all already know, take care of yourself physically, mentally, financially, and we will catch y'all next time. Peace. Peace. Bye.